We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power? Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Something that has made a world of difference for us and many people we know over this past year has been getting our groceries delivered right to our door. The ability to get local, fresh groceries without us having to step foot into a grocery store has been something we are so grateful for. Convenience, price, and quality are extremely important to us, and that's why we love and support Instacart. Instacart can deliver to your front door in as little as one hour. You can shop multiple stores, see deals in your area to help you save money, and every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. To start your 14-day free trial and to get free delivery on your first order over $35, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you and to help support the show. Instacart, never step foot in a grocery store ever again. And now to today's episode of Ivy Unleashed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. You are listening to Ivy Unleashed, and it is February. Happy Valentine's Day! Happy Valentine's Day. I hope you all are feeling the love. And if you don't have a significant other, it doesn't matter because you are love. And we're here to share with you all things love and to bring you that love. Do I know something that's really cool? Yeah. I gave birth on this day one time. God bless your vag. Yeah, happy birthday, Blair! Happy birthday, baby B! She's four today. Ugh. Yes. She's four. She's four. That is wild. Yeah, Valentine's Day is a very special day because of her. Mm -hmm. And also just it's a day of love. Mm -hmm. It's a day of feeling good. Yes. And last week, if you listened, we had on relationship expert Dr. Betsy Chung. And it was uh, incredible. Yes. She is. She's so eloquent and smart in a way that's like, you're able to learn from her, but she's just like bubbly enough that you feel like you're talking with a girlfriend. Yeah. I really enjoyed just being in her presence. I made it so simple. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of times we listen to other podcasts or we read the books and it's such good knowledge and it just doesn't stick. And I feel like all of the nuggets that Dr. Betsy gave me as we're prepping for today's conversation and just thinking about our own relationships. You know, Andrew and I are going to dive into that today with you all. And she, all of the things she was saying just kept popping up, mm-hmm. all the tips she gave. And so if you haven't listened, highly encourage you guys to all go back to last week's episode with Dr. Betsy. Yeah, I think you expect it to be, oh, I'm not going to listen to that because I'm single or I don't really need to work my relationships or I don't want to hear about that. But it was really like a lot of self-reflection. Was, and self-worth. Self-worth, self-esteem. And thinking about your inner child and how you grew up and how it affects how you show up in the world and how you interact with people. It was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you listen to our kickoff of season two, you know that the word I'm cultivating this year is love. And I just want more love because who doesn't love love? Right. 
And if you're struggling right now, you just, you're going through a breakup or you're single and you're like, what is going on? It's okay. Mm -hmm. We are here today to make you laugh. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about what's going on in our relationships and and where we're at, but we also want to talk about past relationships, what we've learned. You all have those relationships that you look back at and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? But it's a lesson. And although when you're in the season of learning that lesson, it's really, really tough. And so we want to say that we've been there. Mm -hmm. We are there with you. We hope you leave today's episode with a smile on your face. You laughed with us and you feel our love. Yes, 100%. Love that. So with Dr. Betsy... I was reflecting a lot as she was talking and I was thinking about like parenting stuff. What was your biggest takeaway with Dr. Betsy? You know, I've always heard you have to love yourself first and, you know, in a relationship you have to work on yourself and you both have to be whole and then you come together and you're one and it sounds so cliche and and just cheesy, but the way that she explained it and went into detail about your inner child and how you only you can give you what you need and how when you do that then you become your authentic self when you're able to be your authentic self well then you show up in a relationship and you get what you want because you're giving yourself what you want and it's a concept that I think it takes work and it takes practice but the more you know in my own relationship when I find myself getting a little upset or a little impatient. Think back of, okay, what what is that trigger telling me? Like, why am I getting upset? And I think it's something I'll have to put in practice the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's important to think about, like, what am I impatient with? Like, what what is it teaching me? Like, what is the thing that I want to move faster and why? Mm-hmm. Why do I want it? And am what I sh- is it that I want? Am I showing up as my authentic self? Like, do I know what my authentic self is? I think sometimes we we listen to all of these experts that we have on, and it, it makes you question things. And it's good, you know. We reflect, but what I, one thing I've learned is having that conversation and being open with your significant other and communicating your needs. You know, we we dove in with Dr. Betsy about our both of our childhoods. And how we had needs that weren't met as children and how that then appears in our relationship. And if you have something similar, again, highly recommend going back and listening to Dr. Betsy. But I think it speaks to the importance of working on yourself and healing yourself and knowing what those triggers are for you Mm -hmm. and not projecting them on to your significant other. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think your biggest takeaway was? Well, it got me thinking, like, something she said that was really powerful to me is I was shitting my pants about all the pressure of being this parent that doesn't mess up your kid because, like, all your relationships are a reflection of your inner child and what needs were met or weren't met. And I thought of, you know, my dad, he treated me so well and always made me feel so special and, like, was just so sweet and loving. And after hearing her reflection about her dad, I was thinking like, I wonder if that's why I have such high expectations of men. I think there's probably a lot of different reasons for it, but I've always had like really high standards. And I noticed it because I had friends and relatives that 
had very low standards <laughs> and had really crappy boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And I just wouldn't put up with any of that. And I think back and I, for the most part, had really long, healthy relationships. Like I was barely ever single in my life. And what I did was I nurtured those relationships really well because I was like, if this is going to work, that absolutely not. Like that's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I was for some reason really good about voicing my needs. I lived with my mom and anything I wanted to do, any activity, whether we could afford it or not, like she made it happen for me. She would let, like there was never a no, like if I needed new basketball shoes or I wanted to be in an activity. I mean, I was in literally everything, you name it, like musical sports, all of it. And she never said no. And so I felt like I could ask for what I wanted Mm -hmm. and then need would be met. And then with my dad and him treating me so kindly and loving and always telling me how much he loved me. I feel like that combination really helped my relationships. And I think in the past, I've always thought about what didn't go well because they're divorced, you know, what need wasn't met because my parents weren't together. And I think as I've gotten older and I see how great they get along and how loving they are, like that's priceless. Mm -hmm. Like that love I always felt, I think has helped me find that in other people, you know? Yeah. You focus on the good, but you also know what you deserve. Mm -hmm. You know your worth. And And like she said, if something's off, like you can tell because you're used to this way of being treated, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when someone's giving you less than that, it's like, no, actually that's not, (laughs) no. She dove into why we always go back to like what we had growing up, right? You hear that, like you marry your father, you date your father and these things because they are familiar, they are comfortable. And so do you feel like that with Justin? Um, yes, <laughs> I actually do. It's, it's interesting. There's some things about Justin that are so different from my dad and some things that are so similar. Like when I grew up, I would wait for my dad to be done golfing and it took forever because golf is a long thing. And then I ended up marrying someone who is like <laughs> even more obsessed with golf and drives me nuts if he comes home late. And then I project all of my childhood stuff onto him if he's late. And in some sense, they're not alike at all. So a little bit, I guess. And I feel like there's always things that you can compare to, you know, like you hear that saying and you're like, oh, of course. And then you start to look for them. It's easy, I think, to look back on your childhood and pick out what you wished would have been different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to do that. And it's important to do that. I think it's important to kind of evaluate, you know, what was missing and how it affects you now so that you can own it. And so you can be gentle with yourself when you notice it. I think I, I have such a tough inner critic. And sometimes it's like, you know, that's a sore spot for you. Like, just take a second. Don't lash out on your husband. It's not his fault. You had to wait for your dad to get done golfing. Mm -hmm. Like have a chill conversation about it and know that your past experiences are affecting your present circumstances, you know? And so I think this year, something I'm really trying to do is pausing when I notice what's coming up, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's almost like it's a gift, right? It's not something to, I used to be pissed at myself. Like, why can't I just stay calm about it? Like why I get so worked up? And it's like, this is a gift. If I notice what's giving me that gut punch or that feeling that I don't like, that's let down or nervous or anxious or sad, like what a gift 
to notice it so that you can acknowledge it. And then I think having the conversation with yourself first is really important to navigate where is this coming from before you even think about talking to anybody else about it. Mm -hmm. There's power in the pause with anything, Mm -hmm. with relationships, with making a choice with food or going out, drinking, like anything. Mm -hmm. It's having that awareness of stopping and why am I feeling that way and noticing it. Because when we notice it, then we have the power to choose differently Mm -hmm. or to reflect and start asking ourselves, why am I thinking this way? And really get to that root sore spot. Yeah. In a way. And you had mentioned criticism. And as Andrea knows, right now I'm watching Tony Robbins. He has a five day free seminar, which is unheard of. And so, of course, I hopped on it and I've been watching it every day. And so many wonderful tips. And um, just to interrupt for a second, Tony Robbins, if anybody doesn't know who he is, he is a powerhouse of a man. He is super tall and just a big presence. And all of his speeches he's given have like changed millions of people's lives. Yeah. He's worked with professional athletes. He's yes. been on Oprah. He's like the the father of personal development yes. along with, um, you know, John Maxwell and all of these other mm-hmm amazing individuals who are are just doing such amazing things in the world, but he is giving away and and doing this. It's 90 minutes every day. It's like going up to two hours every day, but one day him and his wife were on and it was all about relationships. And he talks about how there's three things that can ruin a relationship for men and three things for women. And for women, what we need, the, the needs that we have that are unmet by men, he calls them the three U's. And it's we feel, as women, we feel unseen, unheard, and unsafe. And for men, what makes them run is criticism, closing, and control. And so when you said criticism, I'm like, yes. And that's, I think, where that power in the pause is. Before you say something that immediately, you know, you want to snap or judge, it's pausing and, okay, let me take a step back. And same thing for closing. It's, we don't want to speak what's actually going on in our mind. And instead of voicing our needs, we close up. Mm. And that's exactly what I do because I feel like it was my childhood, right? Dealing with abandonment and you voice your needs and it causes the dad to leave or the, the man in your relation to leave. And luckily I have a wonderful grandfather who was the exact opposite. And so, um, that was wonderful for me, but I think there, there's something different when it's your parent. Mm-hmm. And so something I've been working on through my journey with therapy is that voicing your needs will not mean that they leave, that it is healthy and that you're supposed to speak what's on your mind. And first time that came up, Ian and I got not even an argument, but he could just sense something was wrong and he still does it to this day. Senses something's wrong in a text immediately calls me like that is the exact opposite of what I grew up with from a man. And so I freak out. I close up. I'm like, nope, I can't talk to you. Nope, not now. And so it's retraining my brain of, nope, this is healthy. Like it is important and necessary to talk things through. But I just thought looking at it those ways from both a man and a woman and vocalizing, you know, when we feel unseen as women and when we feel unheard, you know, we don't, men, they were made to fix. Mm want to fix, fix. And no, we just want to be heard. And so how can you have those open conversations with your significant other? Because they can't read your mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think when, you know, you'd mentioned the criticism, that's something 
that now I'm thinking about are these three U's and these three C's and the power of really working on yourself and coming to a relationship with those needs already met. But then I think it gets tricky because, right, Dr. Betsy talked about like meeting your own needs, but then there's also needs that need to be met in a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think a a part that I'm thinking about is the criticism where that used to be like my initial thing is like, I'm not afraid of the hard conversations. I'm like, Ian, I'll call, I'll bring it up. I'll talk about it. I don't close down. I like, I'm more likely to criticize than close down. And I think the problem with that is assumptions. You know, if you Mm -hmm. don't pause, I'm assuming Justin's intention. I'm assuming I know what he's thinking And I don't Mm -hmm. like, I have to stop thinking I'm smarter than he is because I'm not. (laughs) Well, maybe I'm, I don't know. No, it's good. But I assume I know what he's trying to do. And the problem with that is I've been burned before, Mm -hmm. you know, by lots of people that should have never hurt me, just like anybody else in the world. And I assume the worst sometimes so that I'm protecting myself. I was say it's a protective mechanism. It is, but it doesn't serve me at mm-hmm. all. And it hurts Justin. It hurts my relationship. It's negative. And it's like my, my brain does not need to go there. You know, how much more of a peaceful, loving state is it to just not assume anything mm-hmm. and come to a conversation with a full, honest picture of what's happening inside you, whether like you don't have to feel bad about what you're thinking or what issues you have from your childhood because it's not your fault and your spouse or partner or friend wants to know why you're struggling because how are they supposed to understand where you're at at all? We all Mm -hmm. have our own perception and experience that we're basing our opinions or feelings from and there's no nothing to be ashamed with that. You know, I think pausing and, you know, letting Justin know I'm, I'm struggling to be vulnerable right now Mm -hmm. because I'm afraid of, you know, not having my independence. I'm afraid, like I've had to be so independent in my life. Divorce does that to you, right? You have your two parents and then you have to navigate this messy thing that you have to figure out how you feel because you've got strong opinions on both sides. You're going to two different households. In my case, I had step parents too. It was a lot of like different opinions and then I was going to church and there was so many opinions around me that I had to be really independent to figure out like, how do I feel Mm -hmm. about this? How am I going to do this when I'm older? Like what is right here and what is wrong here? And, and it affects my relationship now because I don't want to lean too much on anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't want to trust anybody too much because I'm afraid of what that will bring because it's a question mark because I haven't had to fully lean on anybody. You know, it's like my parents were definitely there for me, but there was this part of me that really had this pride about my independence too. Like I can go to school in a different state. I can pay for my school. I can create a career, start a business, you know, all of these things. And it's like, sometimes it bites me in the butt because Mm -hmm. I don't get as vulnerable as I can and just trust. I trust myself to get through it. I know I'll be able to get through anything, you know, but I need to be able to like trust in other people a little bit more, I think. Yeah. And not see your vulnerability as something that's weak, right? Needing help is weak. And you talk about assuming and has me thinking about how Ian, God bless his soul, but he just 
time management is not on his side and he tries, he does. <laughs> and, and I'm learning to be patient and understanding and like, he's chasing his dream. I'm chasing mine, like give and take when we're together. It's, it's amazing, but it's like, bro, I'm trying to go to bed at nine 30 and you show up at eight 30, like, Oh, but it's okay. We're working on it. Um, and so anyways, last week we're meeting for dinner and I purposely make the reservation at seven o'clock because I know he's going to be late and you know, if it were to be earlier and, and I know he like likes it later. So I'm like, okay, like, this is my compromise. I'll have a later dinner. He calls me. Yeah. I'm in the car wash line. It's going to be like, I'm going to be late. I'll meet you there. He's supposed to pick me up. And I'm like, okay. So I get, so I get to dinner. I'm like, I'm frustrated. I already ordered the Brussels for the app. I was like, I'm hungry. I'm running a marathon. I'm training. And so I'm like steamed and, and I'm like, trying to work on the pause like don't close down like talk about this talk about how you're feeling and he sits down and he's like super flustered and he's just like asking me about my day which I appreciate but like like doesn't really care about my day like he's upset and so I'm like okay how do I go from here I'm like okay I'm gonna use the it looks like it feels like technique (laughs) so I'm like you seem like really upset and he's he's like I'm just mad that I'm late I'm like, oh. oh, okay, here this whole time, like, I thought you're frustrated that I'm sitting here and that you're on a date with me and not, you know, doing whatever you need to be doing, but really you're just mad at yourself that you're late. Mm. And so it's like opening up about, okay, I'm not going to criticize you. I'm just going to open the conversation to actually see like, how is that person feeling? Mm-hmm. Like what thoughts are going on in that person's head? Because you can't read their mind. He can't read my mind and being open and honest about how both of you are feeling I thought it was just uh, a good example of the power of not assuming and how like, oh, okay, well, silly, you, like, don't ruminate on all of these thoughts that probably aren't even happening, but you, like, what story are you telling yourself? Yeah, well, we only know our own thoughts, and it's, like, our source of truth, right? Like, like this is all I know is what's Mm -hmm. happening in my brain, so it's got to be accurate, right? Yeah, and it's your story, but then your perception of the events are totally different and so having that open communication and that's why it's like what's the best relationship advice you've ever gotten communication mm-hmm. communication is key and like yeah it's I so think true, true. But I, I feel like when people give that advice they should give more details like how do we do that or like how like what did you do like some people say oh the first thing we do after our day of work we would sit on the couch for 10 minutes and just talk even if kids were running around, whatever, I'm like, oh, that's good advice. Like, that's a way to do it. Like, don't just tell me communication. Cause like now I would be like, make sure that you pause and don't assume and ask before you assume how someone feels. Right. That's but a ask. way to communicate, right? Like people that have been married for 50 years, give more examples, like tangible. T- <laughs> well, I think I mean, Dr. Betsy talked about having a uh, what effective fight yeah and how you come you both say your side of the story you have an open honest communication dialogue back and forth of this is how I feel this is how I feel and then you agree on a solution and so that you both can move forward feeling okay and that it's like almost like okay we wrapped that up we came to a conclusion we both feel good about it now we can move on and then if it comes up again it's like clear that your resolution wasn't really thorough someone didn't listen thoroughly or really understand mm-hmm. and then you circle back because yeah. I feel like in marriage and that happens a lot especially when you have kids there's 
so many moving parts and communication with your kids about their feelings. And then you're both trying to parent in the way that you know, and you have different styles and it just involves so much communication that it's, um, it is key. Like it is good advice, but I feel like there's so much more to it. What would your, your advice be? Ooh, um, well, what works best in my relationship is having your own identity outside Mm. of your marriage. Yeah. So I know, like I even asked Justin today, like, what do you think I bring to this marriage? That's like your favorite thing. Like, what do I do that really moves us in a positive direction? You're trying to be heard and seen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, cause you don't know, like, I don't know what he thinks and, and I'm in actually what he said, I totally agreed with. There were a couple different things I was thinking, but one thing he said was, you know, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but I like that you let me have a life outside of our mm-hmm. house. You know, like I like that you let me have my time to do what I want, you know? And we talked about that last episode too, where Justin and I have an agreement that there's one night of the week that we each get to have the freedom, you know, typically like it's right now, it's Monday. I'm recording with you. I choose to do I this. I get the night. Yeah. I choose to do this on my night, but it's, It's the freedom and it's knowing like you are two separate beings that have, you know, a life that you have needs that you want to fulfill and they're not always in your house. You Mm -hmm. know, it's adventure, it's interest, it's having your own friends. Yeah, your guy or girl time, your family time or whatever it is that you want to do. I think just, I would say freedom, but with that comes trust Trust. and confidence, right? Like I'm confident enough that, Like, I can't say 100% that Justin's never going to betray me or cheat on me or whatever. But I trust that I want, I trust myself to get through it if it happened. And I also don't want to live the type of life that's that insecure about, does this mean he doesn't want time with me? Like, no, he just wants, he just wants the freedom to do whatever he wants, you know. And sometimes that is me and sometimes it's not. And I know when he comes back, he's refreshed. He's a better dad. He's a better spouse. Like, And I'm the same way, you know, when you have three kids, you have so many responsibilities, obligations, and it's wonderful and it's rewarding and fulfilling, but it's very tiring. Mm -hmm. And there is an identity shift when you become a parent, you know, you feel like, who am I now? And that's something that's super important to Justin and I is that we still are ourselves. We are always adapting and changing and evolving, but we have the freedom to explore that. Like, what is that? And, you know, it makes us appreciate each other more, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about you and your relationships. Like, what do you feel like is your like best quality that you bring to a relationship? Hmm. I would say my best quality is I'm fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you are fun. I am fun. Well, I love deep talks. I love being on the same page. And so although I'm working on like talking about things right when they happen. I think making sure that we are like always on the same page and that you know where I stand, I know where you stand. And that like once we have that understanding of each other and where they are, it's like then it's the intimacy and the fun and like you're my person, you know, like with Ian, like Ian and I are both very independent and it works because I trust him, he trusts me. And like you said, we are better when we're together and we are whole on our own. It's so cliched and and I've heard it, you know, so many times as have, I'm sure all of you listening, 
but it is so true that it's then you look forward to seeing each other and it's fun and it's adventurous and I think I think I value growth so much that I see him chasing his dream and I don't take it personal that he you know I I do in the moment of like I want to go to bed and I want to spend time with you but in all seriousness it's like I'm so proud of you and admiring the person that you're with I think is so important and seeing them grow you know he's going through struggle I'm going through struggle and talking and knowing that at the end of the day he has my back eyes I have his back and that's important for me to to make sure he knows that mm-hmm. well you're doing the communication thing I'm trying man that's good I mean for you know being a couple that isn't engaged or married right like you could easily not have each other's back you could easily just be done with it mm-hmm. right and so I think that's something that's super valuable is to make sure on the same page like what are we doing here yeah and I think being on the same page is what brings me confidence like okay we're cool. Well, you can go to Hawaii for two weeks. And I know that when you get back, like nothing's going to change because you're still you, I'm still me. And we just have this deep understanding that we can have each other's best interest at heart and still be each other's biggest cheerleader while going and doing big things. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you guys like where you're both at in your life is really exciting. Yeah. It's also kind of scary of like, what does the future hold? Mm -hmm. And he is so good at being in the present moment and living in the present. Like, I don't know what happens five years, you know, like three months ago, if you would have told me I'm here, I would have like, yeah, very funny. So he brings me back like, okay, like let's enjoy this moment and be where our feet are, which I have a tendency of in the future and more and ah, and, and how exciting and dreams and, and he does too. But I think we balance each other out in that way of like, where, where do you want to be? Okay, well we're here now and let's look at how far we've come. It's cool, like, thinking about how different, like, when you were my age, right, like, 10 years ago, how you and Justin were about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, married, and I see that, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. And how do you think your relationship has changed mm. from when you were my age, like, 10 years ago, or, or even just, like, before kids to now? Yeah. Well, one thing that's been consistent is we have prioritized adventure Mm -hmm. and trips, no matter what, like every year we feel that if you're fine, your kids are fine. So we take them all over where we're going marathons to come most of the time. And, um, so that hasn't really changed, which is cool. And I think that's helped a lot to have a sense of adventure, even though Mm -hmm. we have three kids, I would say that What's changed is more respect for each other. Not that we didn't have it before, but it's just, I think when you see your wife carry a baby and deliver it, something happens. Like you got to get a little bit more respect for your spouse. I hope so. (laughs) And I just have seen, you know, Justin really care for our family. Like he takes care of so many things, so many moving parts, you know, with finances and households and all of the adult stuff, it's, he's a really great partner. And so I think as just time has gone on, I just feel like we've grown to have more respect for each other. I don't want to say it's all like roses because it's not. And I think that we've gotten better at arguing, Mm -hmm. you know, like really trying not to be super worked up and, you know, checking each other with our tone. So it doesn't really go there. And I think kids are like really good accountability. Like you don't want to be screaming in front of your Mm -hmm. kids. Not that we screamed a whole lot before, but there is more to argue about as 
you have more moving parts in life with finances and kids. And so I would say there's just like some type of respect that keeps building that we keep choosing each other and we keep allowing the freedom and the adventure. And I think the arguing and the disagreements is so important to acknowledge. It's a huge part of marriage. I mean, you know, when you go to a wedding dance and they're like, okay, everybody that's been married for 10 years, you know, stay on the floor mm-hmm. or more or whatever. And it's like, I really feel like the years to me aren't as important as the quality, mm, you know? Amen. Like, I don't feel like you staying with someone so that you can hit the 30 mark, even though it's terrible. Like, it's a waste of your life if you're mm-hmm. not happy and feeling respected and loved and cherished. And also, I don't feel cherished every single day of my life. And I'm sure I don't make Justin feel that every day. But I do feel like there's something about when you respect someone more and you've done life with them and you keep choosing them and you have their back when they're not around, like, mm-hmm. that's super important. I just like feel that more and more. I think we give each other more reasons to respect <laughs> each other too. Yeah. <laughs> because it takes a really good, strong team to be able to be parents to three young kids. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing that like, arguments are going to happen, they're what make you closer if you get through them and you respect each other through the arguments. And it's that choice, right? Like as you're talking and you're, you're picking out the good things about your relationship. And I think that speaks to how easy it is to talk about what's wrong and the arguments and the issues. And it's just as easy to talk about what's going right. Mm-hmm. If you're putting yourself in that position and, and focusing on the good and, you know, my good friend, not really, I wish Tony Robbins, <laughs> <laughs> he had said on his relationship segment that if you keep track of who gave more, who did more, well, then it becomes a transaction, not a relationship. And it's like, Ooh, yes. Like it's that abundance versus scarcity. You always have a choice whether you focus on what's going well or what you're lacking. Mm -hmm. And when you focus on what's going well, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Feel more open. And so as you're speaking, I'm just thinking here how it's always a choice. You can always focus on what's going good and the things that aren't going good. Well, how can you make them better? If they are important to you. Yeah. And I think a part of that is communicating Mm -hmm. your needs. It's communicating like, this is something that's really bothering me. And I don't know if you're intending to do this, but we need a new system. We need a new way. I love you. And this isn't working. This is how I'm taking the fact that you keep not doing this or that you do keep doing this, that it's driving me nuts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like talking Mm -hmm. about it. Turning it into like the I and not the you Mm -hmm. is something that I've heard in the past yeah of like taking ownership of how you feel yeah and not the blame Mm -hmm. the blame game I think something that's super important to weave in is play and fun Mm -hmm. and I think that's why these trips are so important like whether it's a trip or not you know maybe it's date nights for you Justin and I are terrible at that we definitely need to do that more often but um just fun and play, like laughing with each other, laughing at yourself, you know, having the dance parties in your house and, you know, connecting on that level where everything's not so serious and a chore. Mm-hmm. It, it can be, it can feel like that sometimes. I think something that helps focus on the good too is knowing yourself and the idea of the love language. You, what is your love language? There's an awesome book on it. If you haven't read it, highly recommend. And it's knowing what your love language is. Is it physical touch? Is it gifts? Is it quality time? Is it words of affirmation? Uh, and so, Andrea, I'm curious, what are 
What are your love languages? Yeah. Wait, you said four. Did you say all five? I don't know the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service. Acts of service. And touch. Yeah. yeah. So, well, an important thing too is, you know, what you need and then how you show it. Because yeah. a lot of times it's different for people. Like mm-hmm. Justin needs touch and he shows it by acts, acts of, of service. service. So he's like, if I don't touch him, he's like a cat. He'll come and find me and like <laughs> needs to be touched. It drives me nuts. But his, his, the way he shows it is acts of service, which is actually a great love language for someone you're married to because they just do shit around the house all the time and they do things without you having to like tell them which is cool because then I only have three kids instead of four so thank you Justin for being access service also thank you Bill his dad because he's the same way um but I'm just words all around Mm -hmm. like you know I'll every time I see you I think of something I need to tell you about what I love about you and I love it and I need to hear it too that's just like what fills me up I think Words are powerful. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm a health coach. I talk all day on the phone and then I choose to be on a podcast when I'm not talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. have deep chats with my friends and family and children. So. And if we're not talking, something's wrong. <laughs> right. I think I need to redo the test because, well, I know I'm words of affirmation, but when I've done it before, it's been affirmation and then physical touch, um, how I receive, but I can't remember how, how I give and I think it'd just be helpful to revisit it. So I'm going to take it. I encourage you guys listening to take it. And also I'm going to make Ian take it. He's going to be like, we are fine. Why are we trying to do more work? Mm -hmm. I think it's like the wanting to always be on good terms can be a a blessing while also a curse. Why? Because it can be overwhelming, that control. Mm. Right? Like I, it's almost like looking for an issue to fix. Okay. Like things are, things are good. Just assume they're good unless if something. It's the assuming piece of like, I think something might be wrong. Like you might not be fully into this as much as I am. I don't know. Even though I know that's not right. It's that abandonment in me. Yeah. That fears that inner child. That's like, nah, homie, we're good. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) Oh, it's so interesting. Like, how do you fix that? How do you therapy right therapy Every but like week. can you ever get over it like can you ever I think you become aware right and it's a long it's like a life long journey mm-hmm. and it's almost like once you become aware you you can't not be aware and yeah. so then it's everything is like oh okay well here's a trigger what is this trying to tell me about myself is this something that I keep to myself or I share yeah I just watched an episode of This Is Us and it was about Jack and his his mom passed away and he was given a eulogy and he was saying, because it was an abusive home he grew up in and he said, part of you never gets out of that house, mm. you know, and whether it's abuse or abandonment, I feel like, or whatever your situation was growing up is part of you never leaves that house. And so whether it was really good or really bad or really confusing or chaotic or someone left, I feel like part of you always feels like, you're still in that house, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. powerful. Well, cause you were there as a child on your most impressionable years and that's when it was imprinted on you. And so it's consciously always making that choice, always having to reframe. And maybe it isn't always like, maybe it's a new practice that eventually it will become a habit and you continue to, but you always work on your relationship. Yeah. And so I think you always work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I think that's also the importance of adding play in <laughs> because like there's always something you can work on. And so having that aspect of it's fun together, mm-hmm. being together. And that's why you guys love adventure and date nights are so important and finding like, what do you both enjoy that you can have that shared experience, that shared dopamine. Yes. And I think too, what's hard with my age is like half people my age are still going out and partying and half people are like, no, like I, I don't really like to drink. It doesn't agree with me. And I'm on that side of things. So it's finding like what once used to be what we had fun together, like isn't anymore. Mm -hmm. Or once you become a parent, then you can't really be going out and going crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't always have to give up partying. I feel like you can still find time. Like my neighborhood parents and I, we, you know, safely have people watching our children and we go party for a weekend somewhere in Minnesota in a random house, (laughs) you know? Well, and like that's play, that's fun. But do you look at that as quality time? Oh yeah. You do? Yeah. I, I love, well, the thing with Justin and I is, so when we go to like this town in Minnesota, we'll go out to bars with all these friends. Right. And it's like, it's fun to see your person interacting with people and laughing and joking and whether you're like right next to them, mm-hmm. it's, it's so fun for us because that's how we met. Like Justin and I met partying in college, you <laughs> yeah. know? And I love the way that we could, and we still can, like we'll go out together and we won't even talk to each other. We'll be mm-hmm. talking to other people, but it's like, you know, I know this is where you thrive and this is where I thrive. We're both social people. Yeah. And not everyone's like that, right? Some people go out and they're immediately together or they have more fun being at home and whatever is your, your vibe, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's important. I do think though, sometimes it gives off swinger vibes, (laughs) (laughs) which do your thing if you are a swinger, but Justin and I, we were in Mexico once for our two year dating anniversary and while we were there, like the last night of the trip was our actual anniversary. And so during the time that we were there, you know, we're sitting by the poolside drinking at the swim up bar. And we met these people that it was a group of like 10, so five couples. And they were definitely, we couldn't tell who was with who. And I had enough courage in me to say, you know, cause I had been drinking all day. I said, Little liquid courage. <laughs> yeah, I said, are you guys? swingers by chance just said it and instantly my face turned red I was like embarrassed that I asked and the woman's like Andrea wants to know if we're swingers and I was mortified because I you know they were or weren't oh they were but I thought I had made a mistake and I thought I had said it and then she called me out but no she was like oh we absolutely are and she (laughs) called out what each of them were good at and what they did all of these things anyway in Mexico like what happens when you're at these all-inclusives if all-inclusive resorts is they will, you know, offer you a bus to go out in the city, like in Cancun or, you know, Playa de Carmen or whatever. And it's like all drinks, you know, up front, you pay for them and then go have fun. And so these swingers asked us, they were like, do you guys want to come out with us and go on this bus? And Justin was like, you know, aside when we had time to ourselves, he's like, what do you want to do? Like, it's, it is our anniversary. Do you just want to have a romantic night here? And I'm like, you went with the swingers. We went with the swingers. <laughs> I was like, if we're like, are we going to remember just eating some shrimp in a little restaurant and going to bed? No, we're going to remember getting on this party bus, going downtown Cancun with a bunch of swingers. I was in a booty shaking contest. We were up on tables it was so much fun and now it's like one of our favorite stories to be like what were we doing but your two-year anniversary yeah I'll never forget no I won't it was so much fun but yeah stuff like that like 
having a sense of adventure for us has just been important and it creates stories and memories and swingers. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your favorite date? My favorite date. Oh man. Yeah. That's the thing. We don't go on a whole lot of dates. I would say, yeah. I mean, a vacation date, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, Dawson and I both love surprises. So like every birthday, there's an element of surprise. That's another thing we've kind of capped is I'm obsessed with surprising him and he is me and we never tell each other what we're doing for our birthdays. And even a couple of years ago, he planned out an entire trip to Punta Cana. I didn't know. Oh, I I know. (laughs) I didn't know where I was going. And it's just like so exciting that to have someone think of a trip for you, you know, or anything it doesn't have to be a trip. That's pretty extravagant, but just having someone be thoughtful of like what you like and wanting to do things with you. So maybe I would say my piece of advice is to, I guess if you like surprises, but have that element of play and fun and excitement. Yeah. And find what excites you. Okay. Just to go back dark for a second. Oh gosh. <laughs> Did you have ever have any bad breakups? I mean, I packed up all my shit and left Florida and drove back home to Minnesota. Yeah, that's true. That was pretty badass. Yeah. How did you know you needed to leave? Um, it got to a point where I couldn't dismiss my feelings or that voice. My intuition was loud as hell. Mm-hmm. And I'd moved my whole life to be in Florida and wanted to make it work. And it's hard when it's just the, the people aren't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And you want to make it work because there are good qualities. Uh, and then I think it takes being out of it to realize that, nope, this is really isn't what I want. And I also think there was an element of me being sick and not really having that energy to have the clarity of what do I want and is this what I want? Do I see forever? Again, the importance of voicing my needs and them being dismissed and emotional needs saying I was, you know, a little too sensitive and understanding. Complaining a lot. Yeah, and understanding uh, kind of the gaslighting that was going on and, and dismissing of my feelings and really wanting to make it work. And it just got to the point where it wasn't going to work. And it was, I leave now or I don't leave. And, you know, I got a glimpse of who he really was in arguments and things that I didn't want to put up with. And so having the courage, also being vulnerable of leaning on the people around me and saying, help me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I pack up, can I live with you? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do? And that was hard. And I think that's the importance of being vulnerable, asking for help that I learned. Also listening to your gut. And when it's wrong, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But you don't really realize it until you're out of it. I think there's there's always that friend that's in a bad relationship and you tell them and you tell them and you tell them, but they have to learn it for themselves. Yeah, and I I do think you always know. Like I You think, do. I think there's something deep down that's like, you know, that this is, because I've been there before, like this is great. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, I feel like something's missing and I don't know if it's fixable. Yeah, or you get into it and you're like, oh, they can be taught, <laughs> you know, like, as women, we, we like to fix and there was a lot of great things and there's always good things about whoever you're with at the time where you wouldn't be with them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with different exes, it was had really great families, father figures that were in their life, money, things that, you know, I didn't have growing up that I thought were important at the time. 
you know, it's funny because I took a job, the corporate wellness company that Andrew and I work with when I was still living in Florida and my current boyfriend, he was best friends with my college friends. He went to high school with them. And so he went to school an hour away and he'd come visit and we would stay up until 3am last ones up just talking. And that was something that Max and I didn't really do. And so when I came back home to train for this job, I was working remote in Florida, but I came back to Minnesota to train for it. And I saw him Ian and I hadn't seen him in, you know, since college. And we just bellied up to the bar and just caught up for hours. And I remember going back to Florida and, and being like, this is what a relationship should be like that fun element, right? That play, that actual being seen and heard. And I think that's, I know that's what I was missing in Florida at the time. And, and I, ha- I kept having dreams about Ian. And I remember calling my college best friend saying, is this a sign? <laughs> like you guys listening, if, if you listen, Ivy and Leash, you know that I'm big into signs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I think this is a sign. And fast forward, go through a breakup, which didn't have anything to do with Ian, but fast forward, break up a few months later, come back home and there's Ian just light shining. <laughs> I'm here. And I mean, we've been together ever since. And it was just that friend element. And I think you and Justin have that, which is beautiful, is you're just your best friends before anything. Yeah. And you have that trust and that fun. And you care about watching each other grow and blossom into who they were meant to be and who they want to be, which I think is is awesome. You know, there's things, though, that I, I think about with my past relationships, like those learning lessons. And I don't think any relationship is a failure unless you don't learn anything from it. And I learned from all my past relationships. And what I learned was to be my own person. I'd moved to Florida. I totally changed who I was to fit into that world. And my world is here. I'd never wanted to leave Minnesota, but then you meet a boy and things are exciting. And then I also had this health component of I didn't feel good and I didn't want to be in college anymore. I didn't want to party. My body couldn't handle it. I just wanted to get healthy and I rushed that part of my life. I was like, okay, I want security. I want to be in a relationship. I want to get married. I want to have kids. Like I'm done with that college party scene. And I think if I would have been in a different health state, maybe it would have been different. Also definitely used alcohol to numb and like that also didn't help (laughs) with seeing things clear and, and trying to go through being in a different state, going through health issues, not being in a good space in a relationship and trying to figure out who the hell am I as I'm 23, 22. So looking back, I think I learned some good lessons about how to be my own person mm-hmm. and and truly figure out what I want to be, who I want to be. And now I'm with someone that fully supports that. And that's awesome. I think what's cool is that everyone's experience with relationships is so different, but what it comes to is like you find yourself, right? Through interacting with other people, you figure out what's important to you, what your needs even are, and you learn so much about that doesn't make me feel good or, ooh, I really like this element. And it's such a different experience for everyone. Yeah. And I think too, you know, loving someone for years teaches you so much about people, Mm -hmm. you know, and forgiveness and compassion and giving for the sake of just seeing somebody else light up. You know, I think 
it's taught me so much. I mean, when I was younger, I think, you know, a lot of kids that have divorced parents feel this way as like, I'm never going to get a divorce. Like I'm never, I'm, when I get married, it's going to be for forever. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and I understand like why, you know, that's wholesome and it's loving and, and all you want is normal, a normal childhood and parents to be together. But it's just not life. Like you can't expect two people to always have the healthiest relationship. Like, you know, my parents didn't have parents to model a healthy relationship from, you Mm -hmm. know, and, you know, I hope that doesn't happen for my kids. You know, I definitely don't want that for them, but I also think you can't expect people to always stay together Mm -hmm. just because they want to have the 50 year mark. I think it's about the quality of your relationships. And I think, you know, the best thing you can do is keep learning about yourself and each other. How can you give to each other? How can you share how you're feeling? How can you not assume Mm -hmm. and voice your needs? And if you don't feel like it's safe, then that's your cue. Something's really off. And I definitely think that marriage therapy is, you know, sometimes you need somebody else to say what you keep saying. You know, Justin and I both had that experience where we, we've, we've had a therapist before and we've also worked with Catherine before. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you feel like you aren't heard or seen, see if somebody else can help you. Unless if it's completely unsafe and you're done, then be done. Like I, I definitely think that you need to listen, like you said, to your intuition about your relationships Mm -hmm. and as much as you can try and communicate lovingly what you need and, you know, how you feel about someone. Mm -hmm. And it's hard figuring out who you are and then also another person and voicing those needs when you have that inner child in you that is still dealing with trauma. And so I just want to say, again, marriage therapist, your Mm -hmm. own therapist, a coach, someone who can help you figure out what those needs are Mm -hmm. and how to do it in a way that makes sense for you and that you aren't being someone who isn't you. Mm-hmm. How to find who you really are, what's important to you, so that you can vocalize that and get that. Yeah. So overall, we just want you to feel the love. We just, you know, went on tangents <laughs> about our love lives and what we've learned. And it's um, it's fun to kind of reflect. I hope you do it with your friends or your family or your partner on what makes your relationship tick or what could make it tick some more, mm-hmm. you know, what you need, um, maybe what you used to do or what you've been wanting to do together, really prioritizing time for each other and getting in tune with your needs and having the courage to voice them as lovingly as you can. Connection with others is a basic need, a human need. Mm-hmm. And I know we've all felt that way, especially with COVID mm-hmm. right now in our relationships And thinking about connection and how to cultivate more of it in the relationships that we already have, how to see others for who they truly are, and knowing that the quality of our life is is really all about the quality of our relationships Mm -hmm. and that it takes work and it takes being vulnerable. And at the end of the day, we all just want more love. And we're all deserving of it. Yeah. Worthy of it. And you know, if you haven't found that love that you know is out there, you've seen it, you've gotten a taste of it, you are worthy of experiencing it. Yeah. And that goes perfectly into our piece of gold 
for today's episode. It is by none other than the Jay Shetty. And he says, in every relationship, you have the opportunity to set the level of joy you expect and the level of pain you'll accept. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold.